episode of DJTV Podcast, only on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. How is everyone doing on this beautiful, beautiful Friday? And by beautiful, I mean it's going to be very crappy out, um, to be brutally honest. It's literally going to be a rainy weekend for the next, uh, let's see, it says it's going to rain fr- like late Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday. Monday is finally going to clear up. Man, oh, this hurricane's really taking a toll on everybody. We've just, like, had events canceled, um, you know, just because everyone's trying to be safe. And it's just nuts, guys. Just with with the hurricane and everything going on. But um, that was then, and this is now. But anyways, we got a good show for you guys today. I had Chris Day on my podcast, and I have to say, this was such a great interview. It really was. I really enjoyed it. Um, Personally, this was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done in a while. I mean, this guy, he did, uh, he was on David Letterman. He knows the guys I work with. We talked about that. And he's a musician as well. But man, I have to say, this was a good interview. One of my favorite interviews I've had in a while. I'm really happy I got to do this interview with this guy. And you know what? I would love to have him back on my show. Maybe in a few weeks or, you know, whatever, I'll have him on my show. He can perform or I'll just go to one of his concerts. But yeah, no, this guy was really awesome. I enjoyed every second of it. But um, before we get on with the interview and final thoughts, uh, if you guys are new, make sure you like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. TJTV on Facebook and YouTube. TJTV on um, TJTV on uh, Facebook and YouTube. I said that. TJ's Vlogs, which I have an announcement about that. I'm probably going to make a quick video and uh, for the last five because I've been thinking about this whole YouTube thing and about me potentially quitting or quitting and I really want to just I want to think about this decision because this decision has been kind of hard on me like I had a dream the other night and basically it just said listen you know we know you you have feelings about YouTube we know you have feelings about this and that but why don't you just continue doing YouTube, but don't post every, every couple weeks or every month, like post like twice a month or once a month or something or something. But, you know, I could do that as well, but I'm not entirely sure. Like, I'm not entirely sure what I want to do yet, but we'll see. Oh, by the way, a couple announcements. So we have some great interviews set up for the next couple days. Lexi Ray, who is a TikTok star. She'll be on my show next Monday, which I'm very excited about that because this is going to be a fun interview. And we have a returning guest, Tom Curtis Jr. He was on the five-year show and he was actually on one of my shows back in 2020. So it'd be great to talk to him because he was down. He actually went down to the uh, Key West around the hurricane. And I thought that was really, you know, cool and rad of him to uh, to do. So I want to talk to him about that later on. And, uh, what else? Do we have anything else coming up? Um, let's see. Oh, and I also am planning probably in the next two weeks, not this week, but next week coming up, I am planning to be doing a TikTok takeover, meaning for the people who follow me on TikTok, TJTV6, 
I will be inviting people on. If you have over a thousand subscribers, if you guys want to talk, I will invite you on my show and I will get the audio and, you know, promote the audio and put it on my podcast. We'll have like a TikTok takeover type deal. I'll talk to people for a few minutes, ask them what their passion is, ask them what they do with their life. You know, just something fun. That's probably going to be in the next two weeks. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Also, Monday Movie Madness, that will be coming back soon as well. Um, I have a couple ideas for Monday Movie Madness, so that should be fun. And what else? I think that's it. That is definitely going to be it. All right, everybody. So I will see you guys after this. Hope you guys enjoy the interview because it's fun. It's a good one. All right, let's get on with the interview. All right, I'm here with Chris Day, who is a singer-songwriter from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How are you doing today? Feeling great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. What got you into music? Uh, well, my family had, had a lot of musicians in my family, both my grandfathers and my dad and my uncles. They're all musicians. And so as I was growing up very young, I was able to pick up a guitar at my dad's house and start playing. And, and I just was, you know, bitten by the bug very early. I think I was about five or six years old. and. Uh, you know, I was convinced that that was what I was going to do with my life. And that's what I wound up doing. So your family's full of musicians and that's what got your start. Yeah, I would say that, you know, there was music always around me. Yeah. And then you recently met up with the Grammy uh, Award winner, the Butcher, as they call him. Yeah, Joe the Butcher Niccolo. Yeah, he's a great guy. I've actually known him for years. Um, his brother is also a very famous producer and um i've just known them they're philly guys so i've worked with both of them in the past and i had an opportunity to work with them a couple years ago we just reconnected and uh we started the project uh 2019 we started the project actually right before the pandemic you know and, and, then, so. and that's your out al- it was your album hidden in plain sight right Right. That was when we were starting in like November 2019. So we were in the process of doing everything. And then in March of 2020, of course, everything stopped. But um, after a little while, I think we were able to get together again, you know, a few months later, you know. Uh, So, you know, that that progressed really well. And I was working with a lot of friends of mine who are, you know, in the area. musician wise people you know the drummer Dave Sickenin and Kenny Aronson on bass and my good friend Tim McMaster on bass uh Glenn Hale on piano uh Brian Fitzy on uh violins and stuff so we had a really cool group of musicians that would come in and, and play the parts and um I did all the guitar stuff wrote all the songs and sang everything. Um, and it's, most of the time, it was just Joe and myself in the room, in the studio that he had built um, on his property. So it was great. It was great to have, you know, dedicated space. We just had it. And I was able to really focus on the project. And you got the tour around the world too, right? Well, I have been, I've been on, you know, in on tours in my life and I've traveled around quite a bit just playing music. And uh, at this time, you know, we're just coming out of 
no gigs, <laughs> but for the past year, I've been able to do, I'd say, a pretty steady stream of gigs, you know, traveling here and there, and and things seem to be opening up and getting better and better. So, yeah. I see you made an appearance on David Letterman. That has to be amazing on David Letterman. That That is an amazing thing, you know, to, to go, you know, you're going to see, you know, the behind the scenes of, of that situation you know, that we all see on the TV screen all the time. But it's cool to be, you know, see it from that different perspective. Was yeah. Dave a cool guy when you, like, did you ever talk to him, like, face-to-face, like, after a show, or? It was just, it was just friendly, you know, hello, how are you, and, and shake hands, and, you know, the scene is pretty busy, actually, when you're at, you know, it's all quick timing, everything has to happen, and they go to the commercial, and they come back, so there's not a lot of time to interact. Yeah, I mean, I work in radio, so I'm a producer, so I know all the things that go on behind the scenes. So I, I know how it feels when right. like working in entertainment. It's really interesting, right? Yeah, like you know, thinking about it, like as a kid, like I just thought, like you know, a radio host or whoever they would just go on TV and then like they wouldn't have any direction; they would just go off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. But looking like you know, okay, I'm in radio right now. They have producers, I and mean, they have writers. We have um, engineers. We have the whole nine yards, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, people don't realize how many, how many people are involved in the production. Yeah, I mean, even doing this, like myself, like it, it's a lot of production I put into. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. research, and then I got to figure out the whole Zoom situation or what we're going to do on this and that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really feel very successful that we got our Zoom happening as quickly as we did today. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people who I've had on, they have trouble with it. It's weird. And then like that's why I sent multiple Zoom links to like that uh, way because I only get 45 minutes and then I'm like, all right, let's go to the next one. I have to throw it all together later on, you know. Oh, right, right. So cool, your album is called Hidden in Plain Sight. What is Hidden in Plain Sight about? What what is the backstory behind that yeah you know there was it, there comes a time when all those songs are recorded and and it's time to make an album cover and and what's the title of the album going to be and and i turned my attention to that and i just just let it just marinate in my head and i was kind of waiting for something to come up you know something that made sense to me now hidden in plain sight um is I, I've been playing in this area for you know my whole life. I'm where I'm from, Philadelphia, PA. I lived in New York City for you know 15 years or so, and I played a lot of shows up there as well. But Philly is where I'm, you know, mostly known by you know the musicians around here and everything. So it, it felt like when I was making this record, I was uh, revealing something of myself that was always there and now people are going to see it kind of something like that it's it's a little yeah that's a little vague but it's still kind of like that so when i came up with hidden in plain sight i said you know it just felt like here's somebody who has been around and you know them but you're going to see a different thing you're going to see a different side of them maybe and that's pretty much what the album is all about yeah, yeah. There's, a, you know, I was I was doing personal songs that you know about, uh, you know, my 
philosophy of life or something. You know, I, I seem to always be having philosophical debates in my head and, and, you know, you know, challenging myself and thinking about, you know, uh, why things are the way they are. So uh, that that's kind of been the concentration. It just, my lyrics come out that way. Uh, I try to just be um, open to what, just the words that come to me, whatever it is, and I write it down. I have notes everywhere you know i've only recently started using uh my phone there's notes on my phone and uh, it's the greatest thing i just i have filled that thing up with you know just if you get a concept if you get some kind of an idea you can just put it down it's not a piece of paper floating around <laughs> which i have millions of everywhere <laughs> but uh that's how the songs pretty much are born too you know uh, an idea comes along and I try to marry it to a piece of music that I'm working on. Or sometimes the piece of music I'm working on is going to kind of lead me in a certain direction lyrically. So don't you hate don't you like that whenever you have like you have the power of your phone now to write whatever you have a thought you just like have to write it down and then it's going to stay there forever. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Because, you know, I have boxes and boxes of things that I've traveled with everywhere that I move. I bring them with me and and I try to throw them away. But, you know, I just start looking through the box and I see oh, that's a pretty good idea. And I want to keep that and I want to keep that. And there's all, you know, pictures. And so I, I tend to keep a lot of the stuff that I write, all of it, actually. <laughs> and I think that's a good way of actually like, you know, when it comes to being organized, because back when I first started this, I didn't have any notes written down. I just went off the top of my head. Like I thought that's how it was, but uh -huh. you, know, you have to have notes and you have to have certain things you're talking about because you could be rambling on like an idiot for like 10 hours. And like the person listening could be like, what is this guy talking about? He's going from topic to topic, just like that. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess you have to kind of map it out for yourself before you start an interview and things like that. Right. Yeah, that too. Like I always plan, like I always write stuff down on my phone because uh -huh. paper is not a thing in my household. It, like it is, but I just don't, I, I have horrible handwriting. That's just, well, you're, you're going to lose the paper anyway, or it's going to get in a pile of paper and you're never going to see it again. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. Happens a lot. <laughs> I, I have to say, I like technology nowadays, but I hate it with a passion. Like I hate social media, but I'm always on it. And I hate just phones in general. I wish we went back to the Stone Age, but it's uh, useful as well. I know. I, if if I could, I would. You know, I'd go live in a cave and <laughs> be fine. But yeah, if if you're trying to do anything in any kind of you know real way these days, you're kind of locked to this thing, man. You are. You're pulled in by this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Magic ear stone. <laughs> And the weird thing I hate about phones, you could say anything and like it automatically, it will listen to your conversations. Then you'll go on Facebook or wherever and like whatever you're talking about, it will pop up. Like you could say like, oh, I want to go to Walmart. And then like ads for Walmart will just pop up. Like if you're on like Google or something. Oh yeah. And it's, it seems to be happening more and more. And, and in fact, do you use this thing notes? Yeah, you, I, I have no notes, right? Yeah. So 
so the things I write in here, like I said, are kind of philosophical musings and et cetera. I started getting feeds about philosophy. So it's reading my notes as well, not just the things I'm saying out in the, in a, it's, it's aware of what I'm writing. Right. <laughs> Do you ever think it knows what you're thinking as well? Like you're thinking of something and then it pops up? I, I have had that sense, but, but my guess is that they've been priming me all along to, to get me to have that thought. How do you like that? I, that's crazy. <laughs> that, they, they manipulated you to the point of having the thought. And you thought you just thought it on your own, but you didn't. You were being primed to see the ad for Mercedes-Benz or whatever it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's great. That's a, that's a great uh, theory. I mean, there are so many theories you could dive in when it comes to cell phones. Uh -huh. And a lot of people a lot of people just have these theories and just go overboard but like you have a simple theory and that that's just like the best thing right there just yeah, simple yeah yeah i really that's another thing i look at you know you're talking about tech um not that i'm very good at tech but i certainly see how pervasive it is and and how powerful it is and i don't think it's all bad you know yeah but you know being being observed by uh some artificial intelligence and algorithm that's going to send me things that I like. It's kind of weird, you know? Yeah, it is. I think they know what kind of girls I like. <laughs> <laughs> Are, Are you sending me the pictures? Are oh, you married at all? Or? I'm married. Yeah. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, that's but the internet. Yeah, I mean, the internet is just, it's dangerous too. I mean, but a lot of musicians during the pandemic, they, they've mastered it uh, with like GarageBand and stuff and, and different apps. And surprisingly, some of the people I hear that listen to, that do music, it's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to get into uh, recording right in my, in my house. I find that when I'm alone, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm so much more relaxed than when I'm standing in the studio or whatever. So I'm going to really set something up here that when I make my next record, it's going to be done right here in my basement. Because <laughs> you can do it anywhere any, now. And, and Yeah, exactly. With a laptop or whatever. I, and I think that's also a good thing that came out of the pandemic as well. Like a lot of musicians or podcasters like i mean i've been doing this for seven years but a lot of like musicians and podcasters they've mastered it to where you can just do your show anywhere like you just have to have a laptop and maybe a microphone and then just go out and do what you want to do right right it makes it a lot easier for us that's for sure uh years ago we, we i made a record in the 90s it cost so much money because studios back then it was like three for five hundred dollars an hour mm. that's the way it was you couldn't make a record so i mean unless you spend a lot of money yeah. or had somebody spend the money like sony records or you know somebody like that would be great um i was able to do that as well you know and that was a great experience when i was touring and doing all that stuff i was with a, a philadelphia band that had 
great success locally and then some really great success nationwide. And we went over to Europe and we went over to Japan. And so that was pretty cool. It was back in the day when you would get signed to a big record label like Columbia. You know, we were on yeah. Columbia and then they turned into Sony. But that was such a big deal back then, you know. Well, what uh, was it like touring like in like across seas? Like uh, Japan, I want to go, but like... yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing thing in Japan, especially was amazing because um, their love of music and Western music and rock and roll is is deep, and people were lined up everywhere we went. We 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 met huge amounts of fans that we would never imagine were going to be there. And they wait outside your hotel room and they go to every show and the shows are all sold out and they're waiting around. Like they kind of treat you like the Beatles, you know what I mean? Right. Even when you're an unknown band, we had one album out, you know, it's like, it was crazy. Now, when you were singing these songs in Japan, I mean, they don't speak English. I mean, some people do. They do. They do? A lot of them, a lot of the Japanese speak English. Really? I did not found that to be true, yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah, they might learn it in school or something. Wow, yeah. that was pretty easy to communicate over there. That made it very easy. So, met a lot of great people, and and we did interviews. We did interviews in, you know, English, and they would translate into Japanese over the airwaves when we did TV shows over there or whatever. So they would have like you know someone that was like a translator. Yeah, right, right. When it came to your music, did they have like, did you guys, or did like they have a teleprompter of what you guys were singing about, or is it just the beat and the sound that you guys were producing and making? Yeah, I think they, I think they must be pretty hip to English because they seem to all know the lyrics. They're singing the song, so they know what it's, what it's about. Um, you remember the band Cheap Trick? Yeah. So they went over and they they, they made a live album over there. And, you know, everybody's singing those songs. So I think, I think they're just hip to English, English rock and roll. They just, they're into it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's crazy. Like you would never like growing up, you think that like, you know, people in other countries, they don't speak English, but in reality, a lot of people do speak other languages. And I guess English is pretty a common language in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, can you hi- hang on one second? I yeah. mean, we're in the middle of this thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. There's just a lot of noise happening. Is it? Is it bothering? Can you no, hear? No. Yeah. I, yeah okay. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I think we got like a little bit more than ten minutes. I mean, I do have another Zoom link just in case we do get cut off. Um, oh, okay. Was the there a time frame to it? Is that how it works? Yeah. I mean, with Zoom, um, I literally get forty-five minutes. Oh, okay, cool. Which I hate, but <laughs> I don't want to spend like $13 every month just to, you know. Right, right. Everything's got that price tag on it. It wants to come out of your uh, pay every month. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, I really wish money wasn't a, like wasn't an issue either, but it's like you had that money to live. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Money, yeah. So... You know, it's really great that I was able to, you know, get this album out, you know, once everything kind of opened up again and uh, made a few videos already for it. And we're probably going to make a few more. Uh, 
And the first single was uh, The Liar, The Truth. It just came out in um, September, okay. in August. It came out in August. And in September, we released the whole album. So we'll be having another release of another single soon. What uh, was right now, The Liar, The Truth. And you said you made music videos too. Yeah, I made a video of that for that one. Um, went up to New York City, actually and uh shot it all through central park walking around in central park and you can find it on the youtube channel and also my uh, website chrisdayrocks.com there are videos there and there's some other videos from you know previous work that i did too so have to have a link out there you know what's it like uh filming a music video oh well i think there it's a lot easier now I used an iPhone for mine. So um, my son came with me. He held onto my daughter's iPhone, which was the nicest one that we had, which was like a 12 or something at the time. And uh, it just has this great quality. Uh, he followed me through New York and just shot the whole thing. And then I, I had a friend who's an editor just put together all the parts, you know, to the different, you know, the different parts we just cut and it was done. That was pretty easy. But in, in days gone by, or when you're really doing a big production, you have multiple cameras. You're definitely going to be there all day, like 16, 18 hours. You know, there's lighting involved. There's, director, staff, PAs, there's all these people involved in the whole thing. So it can get pretty, pretty intense. But we did a do it yourself version of the for this record, making it easy. Yeah, I feel like with a lot of music, like making a music video, it's 10 times harder when you have a big production, but doing it yourself is so easy. Yeah, I, I love that about it. And then we can just put it right up on YouTube ourselves. And now, now it's in the world. And then you just hope for the best. I mean, and you got good reviews on it too. Yeah, we've gotten great response about it. Yeah, people dig it. And then I can put it on Facebook and I can put it on Instagram. Just, you know, anywhere I can get it out there. I really feel like you need to have that visual element. It can't just be your music. You know, uh, I, I just want, I want people to see more of it you know see right. the singer delivering the song you know the guitar player playing the thing that's it. so check it out when you get a chance yeah definitely yeah. i mean um so would you ever consider like filming like the stuff behind the scenes and showing like the work that goes in i mean i don't know if you saw the beatles documentary if that uh dropped in november on disney plus but would you ever do something like that that would be really cool yeah i would be into doing that that's a great idea maybe the next one i'll do that i'll just have behind the scenes stuff going on as we're coming up with ideas we'll just have to uh yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of stuff that happens before you finally commit and sing the song in the room so yeah you can see the setup you can see the drummer come in and all that stuff yeah. yeah, I mean, what, did you ever, you saw that documentary, right? I did not see it. You did not you know? see it? And the reason I didn't see it is because I'm waiting to sit with one of my friends who's a musician and so that we can actually look at it and talk about it at the same time. 
<laughs> I want to I want to sit with like a, a room full of musicians and watch it because I feel like it's probably so compelling you're going to want to discuss it with people you know I will say like it's so long and when I all I'm only on episode one and that was back in November I, I wanna, I'm trying to get past the next two episodes but the one this one guy I work with he's a big Beatles fan right loved it he he got up early every day before like the hot like they had people over and he watched it i'm like what time did you get up he was like oh about four o'clock i was like just to watch that he was like yeah and i took a nap i was like oh it's like all right a musician no he's just uh he just just loves the beatles he's like do you play um i played trombone when i was a kid oh cool uh for two years and i stopped i was in Uh band Uh i just trombone that's a cool one that's a cool instrument (laughs) it was really weird like i loved playing it for a bit and then like Mm -hmm. it just i just faded out of it all right yeah it happens well the thing with me was i you know i grew up listening to the beatles and the stones and david bowie and and zeppelin and um to get a chance to see how it all happened behind the scenes with the beatles just blows my mind like i haven't been able to even do it yet because i'm a major fan of them as well and their writing and their their talent their ability to sing their lyrics i just really dig the whole thing so and i'm that, looking forward to that and argumentatively they are the best musician like one of the best musicians alive the, the two that are alive right now are argumentatively one of the best yeah, the, the guys that still are around, it's amazing. And and the two that we lost, you know, man, I don't know if we'll, you know, we'll get another like that again. And and it, it's sad to think about, too, because, like, these guys made what rock is today. And I, I, yeah, for sure. And I mean, they they did the whole hair thing because like I, I listened. So I took a class called a history of rock and roll. Uh-huh. I learned everything from 19 from the 1900s, early 1900s to the doo-wop to the Beatles to 1980s to uh, American Idol days. Oh, wow. And every time he compared the Beatles to whatever was playing. Uh-huh. He was able to he's able to go back and find the root of that thing, probably from something the Beatles did, like a lot of rock. Yeah. Draws on like a, you know, a few Beatles songs that they just came up with, like the attitude of Helter Skelter. I mean, that that almost spawned its own genre of, you know, rock, you know, just that one song and come together and, you know, uh, there's it, it goes on and on they were so diverse yeah so i could go on all day about the beatles easily <laughs> yeah there, and there's also there's this song uh, i can't remember what it's called but it basically it says it's a song that says hold on my alarm's going off oh yeah cool <laughs> anyways there's a song it's called uh, Five Chords of Axis, I believe. And they start playing Don't Stop Believing, like the, just the dun and then And then it says there are some songs that are sound similar to this. And they do a mix of different songs that sound similar to Don't Stop Believing because of the same beat and the same uh, orchestra. Chords and notes. Yeah. And co- yeah. Oh, wow. I haven't, I haven't seen that. 
I'm going to, I want to follow you on Instagram and I'll send you or on Facebook as well. I'll send you the video when I find it. Oh, cool. Cool. You'll like, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Do you, uh, what's your Facebook thing? My Facebook. Um, let's see. I'll give you my actual name. So it's uh, just regular TJ Gleason. I'll show you my. I see you right here at the top here, TJ Gleason. And the picture looks like, let's see, is this you? There's a tattoo. Oh, it says from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Delaware County. Oh, okay. So you are from around here. I didn't know where you're from. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I this grew up. It, let's see what your. Uh... There's a tattoo. Is that you? Uh, what's the. Hmm. TJ Gleason, not a tattoo? Okay, I got another one. Uh, what profile? Nope. No, that's not you. Let's see. Do you do T? Wow. Okay, I see. All right. Let me see if I can find you. All right. Well, I'm going to friend you. I'll try to find you and make it happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Nah, man. I can't find you. Huh. I'm rather hard to find, too, because my name's Chris Day. There's a million Chris Days in the world, it turns out. And a lot of them are musicians. And there's a famous soccer player with that name. So it's hard to find me. Oh, here you are. TJTV was live. TJ Gleason. I got you. Got All me. Right. Add friend. There you go. Yeah, the podcast. There we you go. You're a board operator at W102, uh, WMGK? Yeah, I still am. That's cool. You know Cindy Drew? Yeah. Yeah, she's an old friend of mine. Really? Yeah. And John DeBella? Yeah, John DeBella. I've yeah, I've worked with up. him a few times. Ray Coob? Uh, I've heard of heard of him. Yeah, Ray Coob, man, he's another friend of mine. A lot of those guys. And Andre, um, Andre Gardner was the one who told me about the Beatles uh, documentary. Oh, oh god. Oh, that was your friend who got up early in the morning? Yeah, he told that me. That makes sense. Andre Gardner is like Beatles all the way. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> um, there was a, an intern or a new DJ. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, yeah, I see a lot of those folks used to be over at WMMR. Yeah. You know, and then and then they went to MGK. Um I still have friends at MMR too. There's like uh, Pierre Robert, see and, him all the time. Uh, Jackie Bam Bam, you know him. I love Jackie Bam Bam. Oh my yeah. god, He's Pierre. <laughs> funny story about Pierre. So I, I generally don't work. We have about seven minutes, but uh, I'll send you another Zoom link on Facebook. Um, ja uh, Pierre Robert. Whenever I run around, I walk fast, and he come. He's like. Hey, good day. I'm like, how is it going? He was like, where are you off to? I was like, I have to go do something. He was like, all right, slow the fuck down. I was like, oh, I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, and he tells me that all the time because I'm such a fast walker. I'm always on the move. <laughs> yeah. Pierre's pretty mellow, man. He's like, you know, take it easy. 
<laughs> How about, let's see, uh, you had, uh, so you're in the same building. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Well, then we're, we're, we're like neighbors. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah, that's a great business to be in. There is a lot of cool people. And it's hard, too. I mean, it, it took me, ever since I got out of college, it took me four years to get out or to get into that field, exactly. Uh, sure, sure. And I'm glad I started doing the podcast because, like, it actually helped me out in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's, it's like you're having this, this experience in a new medium, but it's like it's what they do. There's some long hours involved in radio, right? Yeah, I think the longest I worked was about 15 hours. Yeah, yeah. Some some days are longer than others. Yeah, I mean, like I worked, I did John DeBella's Radiothon, and that was only six hours. And I remember I got up at three in the morning, and I was just like, oh, I was like, I'm dreading this. <laughs> I got done at 12. I went home. I slept from one to like four. I was so exhausted. Yeah. And my wife, like we have cameras in our house, like what, like pointing outside the house and pointing inside just, to, you know, why not? Right. And she was like, yeah, you didn't move from the couch. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the morning show, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, you got to get up early for that one, man. That's a schedule. <laughs> and I even like, I still like always ask, I'm like, I asked the executive producer, I'm like, hey, I was like, do you guys like have something for me to like to do? Because I'll do it. Like, I'm not full time, so I'm part time, which I guess I have to do what I got to do to get into what I want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing the right thing. Just be in that place and be available. That's kind of how it goes down. Yeah. And, you know, now they're talking about they were talking about stuff that's coming up. And I'm like, all right. I was like, well, just let you know I'm here. You know. Yeah, yeah, because there are all those events that happen around a radio station too. You go to do the event thing, you're at some party or you're, you know, something cool, some concert. Yeah, there's a lot, lot to do there. We did a concert for it was um, Ario Speedwagon, Sticks, and I think Loverboy. Oh recently. yeah, at Camden was Cam- it? Yeah, it was Camden. Yeah, yeah. Right. And. I, I shared this story a lot because I had uh, Matt Cord was hosting it. And oh, I love Matt Cord. I know that guy. You know Matt Cord? Yeah, he's great. He was he was on the he was going to be on the mic, and then John came over. Uh-huh. And the the thing is like, all right, guys, mics are hot, no talking. I said that, and as the song was ending, I hear John go, "Who's on the board?" <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? I just yelled at you guys. I, I got so mad. But Who's on the board? Yeah, who's on the board right now? And Matt's like, TJ is. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, great. So, like, now, like, whoever's listening, don't out me. I got out it for that. Uh, I didn't, but no one no one heard. So, I mean, we were, we were fine. Yeah, man. That's a cool biz. Yeah. That's- well, you're going to do great, man. I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you. <laughs> Play um, my record on the radio somehow. Try to sneak it in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I could definitely. Uh, you got to make friends that. at Beasley, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, so uh, that's what I do. Uh, that's my part-time. I'm also a board operator at a, a AM station that Beasley has. 
Oh yeah, what's that? Uh, it's called WWDB. It's oh sure, that's famous. I, yeah, I know that like, name. everyone talks about it. I'm just like, I never heard of it, but yeah, I guess, like back in the day. Right, right. <laughs> so it's AM, huh? Yeah, it's AM, and then it's uh, FM as well. We have on oh, HD. Okay. Oh, okay. Right on. It's uh, 97.5 HD too. Oh, okay. Cool. It's weird. I do it, whenever I do. I do it more AM, basically, because there's not too many events going on for MGK. But I much rather do, um, you know, MGK over AM because AM is just strictly talk. You get politics to finance shows to. There, there's one show in particular I like, and it's. Uh, <laughs> It's a show called Jewish Singles. Uh-huh. And it's not bad. I mean, I like it because they talk about, you know, dating, but it's just an interesting concept, I think. Right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very fun business to be in. Yeah, now, and these podcasts are really happening these days, too. <clears throat> You've yeah, been doing this for a while. Seven years. Cool, man. That's great. It, it's it's been a long ride for me. I mean, I knew stepping into this, like I knew I wanted to do something with radio uh, when I was in high school, and my parents did not want any part of that. They told me I was never going to make it. They told me radio was going to be gone in ten years, uh, and nine years out of high school, it's still going. And you know, we have. You see Preston to see if they signed a deal till like 2030 or something. Wow. So if you think wow. radio is going to be around forever. Sure. It's going to be around. Yeah. It just changes, you know, it, like everything, it goes through changes. Um, I, but I mean, it's so accessible to everyone. I can't see it going away either. It'll just be some different version of itself at, you know, different points. And it's and it's amazing too because like radio is still the top listened to uh, platform as of now. Still, like you got Spotify and Pandora, but radio is still number one. It's a whole lot easier for me. Yeah, click on the radio is easy, man. <laughs> I have a couple apps. I have uh, WRTI from Temple Radio. Right. They have uh, jazz and classical. So I have that app and I just pop that on sometimes. But when I'm in the car, I listen to, you know, MMR, MGK, uh, and RTI. You ever and XPN. Listen to- XPN. That's another one. Do you ever listen to sports talk at all? Or? Nah, you know, I, I kind of went into tunnel vision with the music at a very early age. And I just wouldn't be distracted from it. So I didn't pay too much attention to sports growing up at all. So I never got into that whole thing. I think that's how I was like growing up. My dad was a diehard Eagles fan and he would watch like all the games. I think he didn't watch the Sixers though, but I never really got into sports until I started dating my wife. And the way I started like getting into it, I would just listen to sports talk radio and not all the time, but I would just listen to a certain, like, you know, host. Uh-huh. And that's how I learned what certain, you know, plays are, certain moves are. And I feel like that's uh, a good way to learn, you know, just by listening to what people have to say. 
Yeah, because you, uh, so many of those guys have great insights about what's happening on the field, and yeah, there's a lot to it. But the whole thing, and but the whole thing that I think my dad and I should have connected on, because we don't connect at all, we should have connected with music because he was born in 50, 58 or 59, and he listened to all the stuff that I listen to still, you know? Wow, wow. Yeah, he grew up in, right in that, that point with uh, when the rock and roll revolution happened, you know? Yeah, I mean... All through the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. And I find myself listening, I was listening to the 70s today, like every time I go to work, since I work in talk radio and I have no choice, but I have to listen to music. All right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But that's what I feel like we should have connected with more because that's what I liked back when Mm -hmm. I was like 13. That's when I discovered the Beatles and, you know, Queen and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Father son things are are a funny dynamic. It's just the way it is. I, I, I find a hard time explaining how it works. You know, I have my stepson, he's 18. And, uh, you know, how is our connection? Our connection's good. But, you know, uh, you know, I think about my own dad. How's my connection with my dad? Yeah, it's pretty good. But we usually talk about the same things. You know, we, there's like a few groups of things that you talk about with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That kind of seems to be the way it is. But I always think there's there's a lot of love there, no matter what. So I will say that. Yeah, I mean, it's just certain that, you know, with what's been going on, it's just, I don't know. My dad's a weird breed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That's but family, know- man. That's family for us. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We and we and I like the idea. Like everyone always says, I wish my family was normal. And I always think about that statement. Like, well, what is normal? You know? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's out there. I don't think normal happens. It's just different variations of things. Yeah. And we we all get what we get. Make the best of it, right? That's what you gotta do. <laughs> so um, do you have do you have the album? I have it up on my uh, phone right now. Actually. Oh, did you get it from Spotify or on the website or something? Yeah, I got it from the website. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. So it's on the loose. It's on the Finally. loose. Yeah. I'm trying to so, get the word out. We got Let's Go. Yeah. Well, That's a good is, way to start off. <laughs> what, is, what, is like, what, is, what is that song about? Let's Go. I woke up on a Saturday morning. I had the riff all done in my head. It was just very upbeat, very intense and and like high energy. And I just I wrote the song pretty quickly and uh, I I just knew that's going to be one of my new songs and it's going to go on the record. So it's really just a uh, let's go. Um, It's about escapism. Um, I think it was all happening during the pandemic. Hard to escape, but escapism is fun. And so that's that's kind of what that song was about, escapism. Yeah. Escapism. What about yeah. what about sorry? What is sorry about? Oh, sorry. That's like that's like uh, the demise of a relationship. And and I've I, I've had that song for a little while, and I I, I just I, I like the way uh, 
I just like the way it balanced itself out, you know, musically and lyrically and everything. So I just, you know, I had to finish it and I put it on the record. Uh, it's, it's about when it's over and you know it's over and you're saying, you know, sorry that it didn't work out, basically. But uh, did you ever have a relationship like in your career that it just like put you into down like a downward like spiral? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had some down moments from relationships and it's kind of related to that. You know, when you get to that point with your girl, you're like, you know, it's not working anymore. And you know you can't go on, and it's sad. You know it's a drag, and then it and it takes a while to get you know back to your normal self. You know, so that whole weird period where it's over and you've already made your statements and everybody's separated. You know, then you got to live with it for like a few months or whatever it is. You know, just to get over it, get over that connection. But you I would say that the connections kind of remain. They just, they turn into something else. Because if you, if you really are connected to somebody, there's a reason, you know, like you have that connection with them. Uh, the, you, you have a, a sympathy with them, you know, empathy. So. Do you feel that like most, most of your songs come from real life experiences as well? Yeah. Yeah. I say that I have to be drawing on, on things that happened to me and, and uh, my impressions of the world and how I'm trying to process things that are happening. So uh, I don't always exactly know what I'm writing when I'm writing it, but I can, when I read it later, or I think about it more, I know why I said what I said. I know, you know, I, I can find the source of it from my own experience, you know, I, uh, and that, song in particular sorry was a song i wrote at a particular time at the demise of a relationship that i was in you know it was right at that time and it just came to me that way and um as i was writing it i was able to get this cool guitar kind of solo thing that just i wouldn't have come up with it if i wasn't working it for that song so i really liked that and that was just that was just like a bonus for me so, and it's got pretty good reviews too. I think. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I hope people like it. It's it's one of the rockers on the record. It's uh, sort of uh, uh, nine inch nailsy or something. Yeah. Somebody said. <laughs> it's fun. It's a do you, fun. One. Do you get inspiration from like other bands as well, like Foo Fighters, Nine Inch Nails? Oh yeah, I do for sure. Foo Fighters. I just watched their. Uh, you know, they had their Taylor Hawkins tribute last night, you know, for the great drummer who passed away. And uh, they had all these major players come on stage and do some Foo Fighters songs with the Foo Fighters. So that was amazing. And I did get to see them about two or three years ago. Dave Grohl was in a wheelchair kind of thing, like a Game of Thrones wheelchair or something. He had a broken leg. And the band was just so good. They're, you know, they were killer. Three guitar players, keyboards, bass, and monster drummer, you know. So uh, 
one of the few rock bands that are still out there doing it. rock bands, like just straight up rock band, man. You know, I mean, I feel bad for Dave. I, I really do. I, first really? he bought uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Cobain back in like the nineties and then <sighs> Taylor Hawkins. And it's I've, unbelievable. I've seen interviews with him, uh, especially on Howard Stern and him and Taylor were always together. Yeah. And the they were that, buds. You could tell they were, and two drummers, they're both drummers, you know, like they were like, you could see they were like brothers. Absolutely. And you got to think like, you got to put yourself in his shoes because you got to wonder what is he feeling? Yeah. And you know, a lot of people think that like when you're a celebrity, you, you know, they haven't made this, that, and third, but you also have to put into uh, effect that like a lot of celebrities are just like us. And I know Dave is probably having a hard time like dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's grieving for sure. And hopefully that, you know, that concert and all the people rallying around is going to be, you know, help him with the healing, you know, like, you know, that a lot of people love that guy. Uh, that really helps, you know, and you can talk about it with them and, you know, share the grief with other people. So I wish them all the best, of course. I hope the Foo Fighters keep on doing it. I know that it'll have to take some time to figure out how to go forward, but they're a great band. I'd hate to lose them, you know. I know, and... I think that's just like with a lot of bands, like a lot of bands would break up if someone that they've had for a while dies. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised uh, when Cliff Burton, who played Metallica when he died in back in the eighties, I'm surprised yeah. they, uh, they continued because a lot of bands don't do that, you know? Sure. And that was probably so hard for them, but you know, you almost have to go on uh, in in honor of that person because everything that taylor hawkins did built them to this point you know to just cast it away he wouldn't want you to cast it away he would want you to keep rocking you yeah. know he wants you to keep rocking cliff burton wants you to keep rocking same yes with, same with bradley noel who who was in sublime oh right he was the key man he was the singer right yeah the singer yeah dude how do you get over that loss, man? Because, whoa. And then they made, they had a guy named Rome, and they did Sublime with Rome, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was Eric and who was in the band. He, I think he left because he said, I don't feel right doing these songs without Brad. Oh, yeah. Well, somebody should sing them for Brad because Brad made them, and he wants it to keep going. I'm just going to stick with that idea that they want us to rock. Yeah. You know, if they pass away, but, you know, Led Zeppelin never played after John Bonham passed away. I kind of see that a little more because I think Led Zeppelin's like its own thing. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how they go on without him, but uh, yeah. yeah, well, I'm really lucky. I have a band that I was with in, in a long time ago and we still get together and play and all five of us, are happy and healthy people and we get to get together again and just do our thing that we used to do in the old days, you know, and it's, it's so awesome. You know, these people are like our brother, you know, we're like family at this point. So. Yeah. And, and like, 
if you lost somebody, it's like, you know, I can't imagine. Yeah. I cannot imagine it because it's, it's family. It's losing a family member. Yeah. yeah definitely. What, yeah. How, so what are your favorite con? What's your favorite concert you've been to? Wow. Wow. I once saw, I once saw ACDC play at the Roseland Ballroom, which is a small venue, not small, but well, 2000 people can fit in there. And, you know, ACDC plays for 100,000 people all the time. So to see them in this small place, they are such a huge sounding band and they are so good together playing. That was probably the biggest knockout I've seen like knocked out, couldn't believe what I was seeing kind of thing. But I've seen a lot of great shows. My very first concert was the Rolling Stones. So I was already at the top, love them. And uh, I've seen Bowie and I've seen, geez, so many bands that I love. Uh, I guess I, I would have to say that ACDC, ACDC show was the best one. If I had to put one at the top, I've never seen anything that powerful. Yeah. My first concert was Rush in 2000. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember they were at Camden uh, Aquarium. Camden, not the aquarium. Right, right. Um, And I didn't know one thing about Rush. And the only song I knew was Tom Sawyer. And we listened to like, at least we were up in the Poconos. We listened to like two albums on the way to, uh, to the concert. Yeah. That's a great band to see first time, man. And three piece, three piece. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a good show. I really enjoyed it. Um, actually went to another concert in New York. It was called the Abit brothers, the bluegrass band. Oh, I know them. Yeah. And that was a good show as well. And I listened to a bunch of songs from them and I knew every song that they played. Where did they play up there in New York? Um, it was at some like theater. I can't remember where. Oh, okay. But I remember it was some theater and there was like maybe like uh, probably a thousand people, maybe a little less. Uh, okay. I remember, I remember yeah. we were up. Uh, we were close. We were like in the second or third row. Nice. Yeah, it's so much more fun right up front. You're having a whole different experience when you're close to the band, you know. I you saw... reminded me of another band that I love, uh, The Cure. The Cure. They, uh, we went to see them in New York at Madison Square Garden. That was a couple years back. That was really incredible because I'm, I'm a really huge fan of Robert Smith, you know, his writing and his guitar playing and everything. So. That was another big show for me. Both of them in New York. I saw, let's see, who did I see? I saw Toby Keith. Oh, um, yeah. I, I got country the whole of, uh, I Well, I wasn't a big country guy. My mom was, but my uncle, he does the rigging for like Toby Keith. He used to at least. Oh, wow. So I got to hold his guitar. Um, nice. Which was cool. <laughs> and then I saw Dropkick Murphys at Celt- uh, Celtic Stadium in Boston. Oh, cool, cool. That was a great one. And then that's a party band right there. Oh, it was such a great show. I and <laughs> when they had confetti like popping out of the uh, thing and you know it was just going everywhere, it was so great. <laughs> cool. And cool. the last concert I saw, minus the stuff that 
goes on for MGK because uh, they have like a battle of the bands type deal. But last contract I saw was Metallica, and that was at Lincoln Financial. And I stood up first time in the mosh pit, and yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> That's cool, man. My last, it was my because I remember that day so so vividly. It was my last day of college. I was and I told my uh, job, I was like. I'm not coming in. I got tickets to Metallica. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Right on, man. You got to go. You got to go to that one. Yeah. Oh, that was so great. And I, I was like thinking to myself, it's either now or never. Cause like, if I don't go, they may not come back. If I sure. do go, they could come back, but you don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm you got to take, you got to go with it. I went to see, uh, you reminded me of you too, that played at the link. I think it was 2017. I went to that show. That may be the best show I've ever seen. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put that up there too. It's going up there on the shelf too, because I've never seen something so visually stunning as all those screens they had going. And of course, I love their music and I love them as a band. And I, I just, I'm a big fan of you too. So that might have like been the best one ever. <laughs> I would like I'm to the, see them. Oh, you got to see them. They're they they are really powerful. Yeah. My sister, my sister and her husband, husband, they saw uh, Megadeth and I think Five Finger Death Punch that happened over the weekend in Hershey. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. And wow. and the like the guy from Megadeth, I can't remember who, like what his name was, but she was like, yeah, there are some people here that are uh, in their uh, late sixties that are listening to us still, and then there's the group of the younger people that are still listening to us, and like this is great. <laughs> Yeah, Dave Mustaine. That's the singer's name. I think that was. I think it. I think it was yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He's the main dude in that band. Well, they've been around a long time. It's great that you know. Keep on playing. I say, there's no reason to stop playing. Unless always there's rock and roll to be done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah physically, it's not as easy. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to carry your amps and stuff. It's kind of a drag. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. But the gigging is always best. Getting on stage is always the best thing. What's the biggest? Uh, what's the biggest place you perform? Like how many people? Um, well, the most people was uh, Penn State has a thing every year, the Regatta, I guess it is Penn State okay. Regatta or something. And there, there were probably fifty thousand people out there at this concert, and so that was the biggest crowd i ever stood in front of playing a guitar but other places were like um you know the wells fargo center yeah played there so that that size place you know uh that's about i don't know 10 15 000. wow played played a few times at that level uh but I'd say if it, you know, on a regular basis, I was playing for like 3,000 people, I guess, on a regular basis, two, 3,000. Now, did it ever scare you, like, when you saw that many people, or? Um, I, I wouldn't say scared, but I was definitely very excited and hyped up from it, you know. Well, uh, do you remember the Spectrum? Yeah, that was that was before the Wells Fargo. Okay, so the Spectrum, we got to play there opening for uh, Brian Adams. 
mm. you know, the singer Brian Adams. And because it was a hometown show and, and uh, we're the hometown band, we were opening up. The whole place was already full when we went on because it's not always full when the openers go on, you know, but everybody was there. That was the biggest. That was probably, I don't know, 20,000 people or something. Really cool. Mm. But the, the experience was like, we were all just like hyper, you know, you're just super energized by it. And, uh, and the time of your set is not that long. You're, you're opening up, you're playing like 40 minutes, maybe. It goes by like that. <laughs> it just goes right by. And then all of a sudden you're walking off. Like, what happened? Oh, you were just doing that. Okay, great. <laughs> Did you get to talk to Brian behind the stage? Like, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to meet Brian Adams. Oh. No, no, no. But we did get to meet David Bowie when we opened up for him, and he was really nice. Really nice guy. Really great guy. Sat there and talked to us like we were old pals. Really, just took his time hanging out with us. I was so surprised because. Growing up, he was my main influence. My favorite rock and roller was David Bowie. So it was amazing to meet him and uh, open for him. That was really cool. I would have loved to have seen him in concert. Like, Yeah. And that's like, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I wish I was born into a different generation because I would have loved to have seen all the old bands and just to see like how everything was back in the day. Yeah, um, it was a lot looser. I think it was a lot looser. There weren't as many restrictions on, you know, when you went to a concert, you were kind of like let loose in the building. Yeah, it was like that. Now it's more like get in your seat, get in your row, don't stand here. It wasn't like that back then. It was like crazy, man. People are running all over the place. <laughs> are you a fan of Motley Crue? Uh, yeah, I, I can dig Motley Crue. I saw them. I saw them play. That's a big show. It took, I remember Nikki Six had to convince Tommy Lee to get, actually go back out on tour. Um, um, he uh, literally, because Tommy Lee didn't want to go to Spectrums. And I, uh, Nikki Six was just like, all right, well, we're just going to do stadiums, not Spectrums anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Took a lot <laughs> stadiums of- only. Wow. Damn. Well, I'm glad they, I'm glad they're still doing it too. I saw them. Does uh, Tommy Lee still flip his drums around when he plays? I I probably I don't know I didn't see the that. whole the whole thing that he's sitting on like whatever it is he's playing and he's strapped in and then all of a sudden it just starts flipping upside down it goes up in the air and goes over the crowd it was amazing he's 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 a wild man that guy they all are I mean it, yeah I saw I saw the, some of the crap they did in the movie The Dirt when it came out. Right, right. My wife hated that movie, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty intense, yeah. Uh, well, everybody's lucky to still be doing it, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Oh, well, I'm going to be doing a show at a place called the Grape Street Pub on October 15th. And then... Um, then I'm doing a show on November 19th with my friends, Tommy Conwell and the Young Rumblers. That's my old friends. And that's at Ardmore Music Hall. And then Dobbs, which is a famous rock bar down on South Street, you probably know. Third and South, Dobbs. 
That'll be on November 26th. So there's a few dates I have coming up that people can come and I'll be playing these songs from the new record and some old stuff and some covers, you know, make it a fun night. I might have to come to one of them. Yeah, you got to come out, man. We got to meet in person. Definitely. Yeah. No, we'll send me the dates on Messenger and then we'll, uh, we'll, I'll figure out a day. Okay, cool. Cool. That'd be great. I know one of the days in October I'll be gone for a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, traveling, are you? <laughs> uh, my father-in-law is taking us white water rafting. All right. In the middle of October, I'm just like, oh, wow. So <laughs> yeah. we we were supposed to go in August, and um, I had a family, like I had a memorial I had to go to in North Carolina. Mm. That sucked. I mean, driving to North Carolina never again. Oh wow. Yeah, but uh, he said so. We got the date changed, and they were like, "All right, well, you can either come on Labor Day or um, two weeks before Halloween." I'm, and he's just like, "Ah, eh, October." So we got to wear wetsuits and all this. That's what I was gonna say. You're probably gonna have a wetsuit on. <laughs> I've never done it, but yeah, that water can be cold. That's for sure. Well, I've, good I've luck with through. that, man. <laughs> have you done it before? I've never been whitewater rafting, but I've been in cold water I, when uh, I. When I was in California for a month, I was in the Pacific, and oh, it was cold. Yeah, that, that is even, cold. Even with a wetsuit on. Wow, okay. Man, yeah, so that's what I got coming up, and I'm going to be, you know, I, I do, I'm doing solo gigs here and there, you know, if I pick up a gig in the neighborhood or around, you know, locally. I'm playing a place called the Bridgeport Rib House this Friday from 5 to 8 p.m. That's a solo gig. So that's really cool. I get to do whatever I want, you know, <laughs> and that's a great room. Definitely. That sounds good. And that's music's your, PA. And music's your full-time gig, right? Yeah, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's a bit of a hustle, you know, you got to keep hustling all the time to get new rooms and new gigs. And, um. With the new record, you know, my time is taking up trying to, you know, produce the new record, make it come out and all that. So now I'm directing all of my energy to just playing shows, which is cool. I can really just focus on getting more gigs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'll be out there. Keep an eye out for me. <laughs> um, where can we find you at? Oh, you know what? I want to play this place in Delco. You mentioned Delco is um, Tom and Jerry's. Do you know that oh, place? I know, I know Tom and Jerry's, yeah. That's a killer room with major music fans go and hang there so um i definitely want to play there soon and our good friend Brittany, our mutual friend she knows people there and she's probably gonna hook me up so hopefully i'll get in there soon and i'll keep it posted on that i'll be in your neighborhood yeah your definitely neighborhood. i live in westchester now but i'm always willing to go oh back westchester another place i heard about um is it called punjab live do you know that name I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to play Westchester. What's a good venue out there that you like? I go to a lot of bars, so I like Kildare's. Um, they have music in there? They have music in there, yep. They have a guy playing the guitar or whatever? Yeah. Ryan's I want to go. Okay, right on. Yeah, so I mean, those are the two bars I usually go to. What's it called? Ryan's Pub? Ryan's Pub, yep. Is that on the corner? That is on Gay Street, I believe. Okay, Gay Street. I can't remember exactly where on. I know it's like in the middle. Okay. 
It's like, all right. So Ryan's Pub and Kildare's. Yep. Watch out, Westchester. I'm coming out there. So. All right. I'm going to be doing that soon. Sounds good. We got about six minutes. Um, do you have an Instagram or anything you want to plug real quick? Uh, my my Instagram is Chris Day Rocks. Chris underscore Day underscore Rocks. That's how you can find me on Instagram. But I don't really do much on Instagram. I got to be honest with you. I think there's only a few pictures that I put up over the years. All right. Over over the past year, but. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. They got some stuff on there. But I got to get more hip to how to how to work that thing. <laughs> I am I'm good with putting things up on Facebook though and YouTube. So I've been doing that a lot. I have a YouTube. I wonder if I can tell you what that is. Oh well. You can just get a you can always just find that YouTube is pretty easy. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So I'm getting ready for my next gig Friday night. That'll be good. And then next week, actually on October 8th, I'm going to be playing at this place called the New Deck Tavern, which I haven't played before. It's at uh, 34th and Sansom over by University of Pennsylvania campus. Okay. So I'm going to be doing that show next Saturday on October 8th. So that's a nighttime gig. That'll be cool. First time in that room. Uh, so things are coming up. Things are starting to happen. Yeah, no, I like that. It sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, My pleasure. Awesome. It was great definitely. talking to you, TJ. Definitely. And uh, yeah, just send me the dates on Facebook and we'll go from there. All right, cool. I look forward to meeting you in person one of these days. Definitely. Sounds good. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Keep rocking, man. Thanks. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you smash the like, subscribe, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and TJTV on Facebook and YouTube, TJ's Vlogs on YouTube, and much more. That's it. TJTV6 on TikTok. All right. Um, hopefully, you all have a good weekend. Stay safe out there. I know the, you know we're getting some of the hurricane, and it's going to be bad. So, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Stay safe out there, everybody. And next week, we have a lot of fun interviews planned for you. Two interviews in one week. Wow, it's, that's a long time. All right. Love you all to death. I'll see you guys later, and bye. Also, this podcast is sponsored by FNXFit.com. This website has protein shakes, powders, testosterone boosters, gummies, shirts, pretty much anything all about being healthy. Also, by the way, guys, you guys will get 10% off any order that you purchase with my discount code, TJGleesack25. That's right, 10% off. And trust me, like 10% off will really help you guys out in the long run. Also, guys, if you don't like any of our products, well, we'll give you a refund with all your money back. So don't worry about that. You know, your money will be back. We'll get back to you once you meet your purchase. So go to fnxfit.com, that is fnxfit.com. It will direct you to this, you know, awesome looking page. It's really just about staying healthy. And I know a lot of people want to stay healthy, especially during this time with the whole coronavirus out. So go to fnxfit.com, use my discount code TJGleesack25, and you'll get 10% off of any order. And if you guys want to get refunded, well, you'll get your money back. So, uh... That's it. So let's go.
want to hear from you, email us at tjg0114 at yahoo.com. tjg0114 at yahoo.com. Give us your feedback. Talk to us. And rock on, everybody.